Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Amen. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king? of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. And today, saints of God, I want to talk to you a few moments from the thought, keeping Christ in Christmas. Amen. Keeping Christ in Christmas. In the context of chapter 2 of the Gospel according to Matthew, the context, there is a unique author by the name of Matthew. Matthew, in his previous occupation, was a tax collector. And he was a good one at that. And that's not a good thing to say because tax collectors of those days, amen, their job was to extract as much money out of the people's pocket as possible. Because the way that the tax collectors made their money is by skimming money off of the top. Uh, the Roman government had uh, decreed a particular amount of tax to be paid but they did not regulate how much the tax collectors could collect. So that left an opening for a lot of misuse and abuse and fleecing of the people, amen. So the tax collectors, amen, would get the Caesar's amount and then they would get whatever they could above and beyond that. Amen. It could be twice as much, 200%, 300%. But the government did not care as long as they got their portion. So this led to a lot of corruption. Amen. And this man, whose name is Matthew, who was a tax collector, is proof positive that Jesus can change anybody. 
Matthew, if he was here today, I'm sure he would tell us, amen, that the, the work and the person of Jesus Christ turned him around and placed his feet on solid ground. He was going left and then he was now going right. He was in the darkness, but now he's been brought to the marvelous light. The, the, the tax collectors were considered the scum of the earth in Judea and, and in any of the provinces, amen, in which they operated. Amen. They were seen as nothing but hollowed individuals devoid of spirit. But we see the master has the power to reach down and change and rearrange and pick up and turn around. Amen. So that is encouraging for you and I to realize that whomever is in our lives who it seems like they'll never turn to the Lord. Don't you give up on them because God did not give up on us. If even it is the 11th hour of their life, if they're on their bed of affliction, if it's getting ready to go cold, God can still save. Amen. It is the Christ of Christmas is a reminder of us that one came who had all power in his hand that could change any man, woman, boy or girl. So in this text, in the story, amen, there are multiple roles, amen, of the master that has been highlighted in this text. So today as we, we get ready on the cusp of the Christmas Day celebrations, amen, let us look a little bit at some of the roles at which our master played. In the text it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, there's something about the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. It is the sweetest name I know because in the name Jesus is salvation. In the name Jesus, which means God will save. It's in his name by which we know salvation is available to all whom will believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for the whosoever's that would believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's in the name Jesus, it's in the saving name of Jesus that we find our place in the household of faith instead of wandering and walking outside in the cold, looking around and our minds are torn up and twisted and devoid of the spirit of the Lord. It is because of the saving name of Jesus, amen, that we are here today, that we are celebrating a master, a king, because our mind has been fixed and been made up and been set on him. It's in the role of Jesus by his name is salvation. But it's not, he doesn't stop there, amen. Because in this text, it also says that in verse 2 it says, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Matthew wrote his gospel to portray Jesus as king. This is the same book where a conversation between uh, Pilate and Jesus, where Pilate said, are you a king? Jesus said, rightly you say I'm a king, but I'm not the king of this world. 
My kingdom is not of this realm. If it, this had been my kingdom, then my servants would fight for me. They would not allow me to be delivered up. But I'm not, I'm not the king of this world, but I have a kingdom that's on its way. Amen. Jesus came to be king over another realm. And I want you to know today that every baptized, born again believer in Jesus Christ has been transferred. Amen. From the darkness of this kingdom into the light of the kingdom of God. When you said, Lord, save me. When you said, Lord, come into my heart. When you said, Lord, I give myself to you, O oh God. At that time, the Lord then changed you and rearranged you. He took you out of time and into eternity. You, you must know now that when your business is fixed with Jesus, that you have an eternal destiny. Amen. That no devil in hell can change. No matter how hard Satan works, he cannot change the direction that God has set for you. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad about it because some days I don't act very Christian. Some days I don't walk right and some days I don't talk right. But I'm not responsible for taking care and holding myself because I'm in the hand of Jesus. And I don't know about y'all, but y'all might have some winter days too in your life. So it causes us to think back and to recognize that we thank the Lord that it's by his power that we are kept. Amen. And it's by his power we shall see the face of God. It's by his power shall we be in the heavenly places, in the mezzanine, watching the times of affliction, these seven years of tribulation. Then those times is because of the grace of God. Because he is our king. And he is the king of a kingdom where you and I are now citizens of that kingdom. And so this reminds us once again, because we are now citizens of the kingdom of God, we ought to operate like citizens. We ought to know about the rules and the regulations, the laws that govern our kingdom. We find those in the word of God. We ought not act like the world because they're governed according to a different set of laws. The laws of the evil one. We ought to act differently. We ought to be an embassy. We ought to be ambassadors and representatives of another kingdom. So that those in this kingdom might realize and see what it's like to be citizens of the kingdom of God. So that they might be able to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? But if we walk and we talk just like the kingdom or the citizens of this kingdom, then how would they see a difference to even inquire of the kingdom which is to come? That's why it's so important, saints of God, that we can't just live any old kind of way. We've got to be careful to walk right and to talk right. And to let the world know that Jesus is our own. They need to see in us a difference. Because it is through us and our representation of the kingdom of God. Might they find the likeness and the desire to come into that very kingdom. That little boys and little girls might say, what must I do to be saved? Men and women might say, what must I do to be saved? And then we can tell them about the kingdom and a king whose name is is Jesus. So Jesus is more than just our savior. He's also our king. 
And through the king, all of the citizens of the kingdom get their resources. It is the absolute authority of that king who drives the resources and the direction of the kingdom. So when you're short here or short there, when you're in need, you can always call on the king. And we found out a long time ago that the silver and the gold is his. Everything in the earth and the fullness thereof. The heavens are the Lord's. The celestials are the Lord's. The terrestrials are the Lord. It's all the Lord's. There are things that we have not seen yet that is the Lord's. But whatever we need, we can call upon our king. Amen. And he is a gracious king that wants to make sure that his kingdom citizens are taken care of. Living out the kingdom of God is, is now allowing ourselves to be under the auspices of a new leader. A leader that is not like the leader of this world that wants to, uh, by any means necessary, that if it has to step on somebody else to get up, that's fine. That is me and mine and no more. It's, it's, it's my four and no more. No, not in the kingdom of God. Jesus says to be last is to be first in the kingdom of God. After all, Jesus came to be a servant and not to be served. So this kingdom is 180 degrees opposite of the kingdom of this world. So that puts us in a position to be peculiar in this world. We ought to be starkly different that folk ought to be able to recognize that there's something different about you and I. When we go into the marketplace, when we go into the world of ideas, that idea, our idea comes piercing through like a blinding light because it's the light of the Lord. It is Jesus who said to us, you are the light of the world. He says, so, so, so let your light so shine before men and glorify the Father who is in heaven. And he also calls us the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, it's worth nothing except to be tossed into a pile where men can trot over. It is that salt, it is that flavor of the Christian life that makes the difference in the world. That's why we are called change agents in the society because we are different than those who are in this world. We ought to be those when we are positive against their negative, amen. There ought to be some attraction because of our winsomeness, amen, and our gentleness in the world. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise is wise but look at the text look at the text it also says in the text that 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 that, that Herod the king uh, uh, the king heard that Jesus was there and he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him this morning in Sunday school we talked about how that there was a problem in the house. One thing was very clear and it made perfect sense that Herod, that old fox and scoundrel, amen, that he would be troubled. Amen, because we called him a paranoid schizophrenic who was a murderer from the very beginning. Amen. He was so treacherous that he killed his own family because he thought they were going to mess up 
his good situation. Amen. He was a liar. He was a trickster. Amen. So he ought to be troubled if there's a new king in town, especially a king who was a king of righteousness like Jesus Christ. But in the text, there is another role. Amen. There is another role that's also brought forth in the text. And that is out of the words of Herod. He said that he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Saints of God, I I want to remind us and to educate us that Jesus Christ, Christ is not his surname. Christ is a qualifier of Jesus. What that means is it says Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus the Messiah. So Christ is synonymous with anointed one. It's also synonymous with the Messiah. So Christ is not his last name. Christ is a qualifier of who he is. It also allows us to realize the role of the master, especially from an Old Testament perspective. It is the one who Isaiah prophesied of. It is the one who Micah prophesied of. It is the one who Daniel prophesied of. It is the Messiah. The coming anointed one. It is the one whom whom they looked forward to to see the one who was going to reestablish a identity for the people of God. He was supposed to be a political and military master. At least they thought. Amen. They were not able to see that there would be ages that came where Jesus would come as first a suffering servant. But amen. He's coming one day saints with a rod of iron in his hand. And in that day, he's coming no more as the gentle lamb, but he's coming as the strong king who will set everything straight. When armies come up against him, he will call fire down from heaven and they shall be destroyed. But in this time right now, Jesus' arms are open wide. He's calling for men, women, boys, and girls to receive him as their savior. He wants to to rearrange them. He wants to remake them. He wants to turn them around and place their feet on solid ground. It is the time of the dispensation of grace right now. Amen. But justice is on its way. Uh, Don't be dismayed and don't be disillusioned. Don't be disenchanted that justice is on its way. And it's going to come down like a flood one day. It's going to be like great torrential rains. Amen. But what we want to do while the blood is running warm in our veins, we want to make sure that we try to reach as many as we can with the good news of Jesus Christ because we don't want them to be in that other camp when justice reigns. Amen. So we look at the text and we see that, 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 that the Christ, the, the anointed one, the Messiah, he was the promised one to come. He has now come in the form of a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, born of a virgin, just as the prophet Micah had said. And he had now been born in Bethlehem. And he was in a manger, amen. He didn't come and wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in a palace because he wanted us to know that no matter how low we go, that Jesus would be able to identify 
with you and I. You can't go low enough. You can't do enough that Jesus can't grab you, pick you up, and place your feet on solid ground. He can clean you up because he is the potter and we are the clay. He knows how to spend us and make us and break us and rearrange us and to make us into the image of himself. Because he's got that kind of power. Ain't that right, saints? Amen. Because he is the Christ. He is the Christ that they look forward to. Amen. But they just didn't see the dispensation of grace that would come before justice came. But now Jesus is on the scene. Amen. He is, he is now that little baby. But in that small package is great things. Amen. And I want you to be encouraged today. I believe Jesus wants us to know as well that in our small packages there are great things. He wants us to realize that, that we are not limited, amen, by our own ability. Amen. Jesus never saved us and brought us out of the darkness into the light to be confined based on our own ability. We are based upon a power that comes from external, amen, who is in the heavens, amen, who has given us his spirit. Do you realize within each one of us, is the fullness of the Godhead, amen, in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The, the same God who has all power lives in us. The Father has all power, the Son has all power, and the Holy Spirit, because those three are one when you call them God. So he, he wants us to know that in our small packages, we can do great things. Think about the disciples, amen? The disciples, it was only 12 of them, and then 11 after Judas killed himself. Those 11 uh, disciples turned the Roman world upside down. Now, if 11 disciples could do what they did in the Roman world, then waiting on, on, on uh, Paul to come upon the scene, amen, what can we do? in our own communities, in our own city. Amen. Because the same Jesus that led them and empowered them is the same Jesus that leads us and empowers us. Amen. Never look at yourself and feel like you are inferior or you lack the ability because it's not us, but it's the power that's within us Amen. to turn a world upside down. Amen. God is just looking for some faithful folks who will step out on faith. Because faith without works is dead. Step out and do a few things and see how God can multiply and grow and change and rearrange and make new and do things that we have never thought would happen. Because he does exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. But I want you to know as I begin to close on this text. That in the prophecy in verse 6, it talked about a shepherd who is shepherd my people, Israel. Uh, this shepherd was talked about in the days of David. The Bible says that the seed of David is also the root of David. Because I want you to know that this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. He, he did not begin there, but he had always existed. 
And it would be this baby as he grown up and went into ministry at 30 years old would tell the chief priests and the scribes before Abraham was, I am. It is the I am that I am that David talked about when he said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures and he restored my soul. It is this shepherd that Paul the Apostle talked about the good shepherd who will have uh, the crown of life in his hand. It is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It is this same uh, Jesus whom the Apostle John says in the Gospel according to John chapter 1. He says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and there was nothing made that was not made by him and the text goes on to say that the word became flesh and we dwelt and we behold him as the only one the only forgotten full of grace and truth it is that word whom has the name Jesus Christ. I want you to know today that this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes is also the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the seed prophesied by Eve. He is Ezekiel's will in the middle of a will. He is Joshua's Balax. He is Elijah's. Oh Lord, he's Elijah's mantle and Elijah's mantle. He is the one prophesied by Micah to be born in Bethlehem. But he's also the Elijah which is to come prophesied by Malachi. And to you and to me, uh, he is our Savior and our Lord. And one of these days, one of these days, that our Savior and our Lord, he's coming back for you and for me. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And he's coming back with the rod of iron to exact justice in the world. And we shall be in that day reigning with our master. We shall be with him forevermore. And in that by and by, there'll be no more tears and no more pain in law. Stay the course. 
Amen. There may be someone here today that needs to give their life to the Lord. There may be somebody here today who feels as if they need prayer on today. Amen. Amen. There may be one who wants to join into our fold. Amen. And at this time, amen, the doors have been opened. Amen. And it won't cost you nothing because Jesus has already paid it all. Amen. Tis the old ship of Zion. Tis the old ship of Zion.
wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's Castbox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast. And for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.